0: Now, back to Stiney and Guru on 95.7 The Game.
1: Matt Steinmetz and Evan Giddings with you. 12.02 on a Tuesday. Warriors-Celtics tonight. Chase Center, 7 o'clock. TNT game. Evan's got your pregame right here at 6 o'clock on 95.7 The Game and your postgame. So, all the action right here uh, on ninety-five-seven. The game, and it was uh, about a year and a half ago. These two teams met in the NBA finals. Lots happened since, and right now the Celtics are twenty and five, and they're considered a championship contender. The Warriors are twelve and fourteen, and what are they considered, Evan? The Boston Celtics? No, the Warriors. So the Celtics are 12 and. uh, Celtics are 20 and 5. They're considered title contenders. Mm -hmm. The Warriors are 12 and 14. And I'll open this up to Warrior fans. What do we call them at 12 and 14? Title contenders? I'm going to pass on that one and give it a little more thought right now.
2: I'd consider them dark horses all right right now that's not bad yeah i would consider them dark horses because again and i was higher on them before the season than than you were or or maybe even goo was i don't know but to me the goal right now is to get back above 500 before draymond green comes back and see if you can make a push to a six or five seed and I don't know, maybe you run into a great string of basketball, you get some beatable opponents on your schedule, you start to figure this thing out, you get some juice from some of the younger players, pushing the older guys. Steve Kerr opens his rotation up a little bit. And kind of like he's been doing, even when they were winning, puzzle piece this thing together. And this is also like bringing it back to the the 2022 finals with with the Celtics. Now, at that point in the playoff run, they had figured out their set rotation. But coming into the playoffs, things were kind of in the air. Right. And I think a big reason why people wondered if they could win the chip was because, well, Steph was out, or they were holding him out and getting ready for the postseason. Andrew Wiggins had played a lot that year, but Draymond Green, I think, had missed you know 15 or 20 games. Klay Thompson had missed the first half of the season. Jordan Poole was in the starting lineup, and they went back to the bench. Like, How were they going to essentially piece it together? And they figured it out. So I think that's also where... People are optimistic because they haven't done it with this team and they're very different than two years ago, but they did kind of stumble their way into finding a team that could make a run. And to their credit, they put it all together.
1: Yeah. I mean, don't forget that year. You're right. They had... Clay missed 50 games, came back uh, for the second half of the season. That turned out to be a... Perfect to get him three months of games and then into the pl- playoffs. And he was pretty good in those playoffs. There's no doubt about it. Uh, from our guy Rots on the Comcast Business Text Line. Good afternoon, guys. Uh, wasn't the goal after Kevin Durant left to win another chip? Which they did. But now the goalposts have moved, in my opinion. Hmm. Anything else is just a cherry on top. And that's from our main man, Rots. I kind of agree with that. You won three titled, and then the fourth one was the. To me, that was the cherry on top, though. Yeah. Or that was any slogan you want. Uh, you know, uh, the the Revenge Tour, or the Counted Us Out Too Early Tour, or You Never Thought We Were Going to Win Another One uh, Season. So after you do that, in a way, don't you? Aren't you scared of rolling the dice again when you know? Like, Here's the one thing I always think, and I know it's easy to talk about this after the fact. If you say the Warriors shocked the world in 2022, why, you can't shock the world twice in three years. It's not a shock then. So if they shocked the world in 2022 and won a title that nobody thought they were going to win, the way I am, hmm. and it's sad, well, that means you're not going to shock the world the next year. That doesn't happen.
2: Or Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I hear what you're saying, and the logic is is sensible, but again, I, I just think they're in a position where they, I, I think they have to give this team another opportunity to prove that they can't get it done.
1: You know what? And I, and I agree with you wholeheartedly right there. Like, you owe it to them. I'm sorry. You do whether it's and you're right, whether it's 10 more games, whether it's to the trading deadline, whether it's to the end of the season. I, I can meet you there. Absolutely. I mean, you
2: have Chase Center because of Curry Clay and Dre. Your team is valued north of what six billion, a little under six billion if that. you're one of the most sought after brands in the entire world and that is mainly because of Stephen Curry, but because of Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, Steve Kerr, Andre Iguodala, like there's they're in the position they are and they're also able to float the ridiculous luxury tax bill that they have because of the guys that are still on the roster. So whether it's to the trade deadline, I would give them to the end of the year unless for some reason, I don't know, you know, they lose 10 of their next 15, but I I think you owe them that.
1: Yeah, I I think I'm with you except I have like I have this team on a short leash right okay. now. For example, while Draymond Green right now is a factor. I'm sorry. While Draymond Green right now is on the team but not playing. I am allowing for the possibility that even despite him not being there that if things get sideways in the next 10 even though he will have not had anything to do with it on the court, I, I if 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 that's when the move comes, that's when the move comes. If it involves Draymond Green, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But you know what I mean? Like, if if this could get side if this gets sideways before Draymond comes back, then I then I would advocate a move um uh, involving Draymond or not. If you're seven games under in uh in in Two weeks or three weeks.
2: Well, and I'll take it a step further. I'd be more than okay with trading Draymond if this team does not prove that they can win before he comes back, because that's a result of him. Like if they it's don't. So funny
1: how uh, what's the word incongruous it is. But you're right. If the Warriors go south with Dray with
2: Draymond Green gone,
1: he's the reason.
2: Yeah. Okay, so if they are five games below 500 from here until when he returns, then during his absences or when he's been ejected and suspended, they will be, my math might be a little off, but they'll be seven or eight games below 500 without him. Right. They're about a 500 team right now with him or a little bit above, and that's not championship level at all, but. The fact that they've failed has been because of him, because he can't keep his head. And that, to me, is enough of a reason and why, when the indefinite suspension was handed down, I think we hear someone like Stephen A. Smith talking on first take saying, that could be Draymond Green's last game as a warrior. Because if he is the direct causation to failure then you have to move off of him. You have to get him out of here. Now, he might be a problem even if he comes back. I, I don't know. I would like to think that he won't be. That may be wishful thinking. But if this team fails during his absence, it's his fault. He will have ruined the last two seasons.
1: Yeah. He, it, and the
2: irony is
1: he's around because he's the one guy you think you need yeah. to win a title. Let's go to uh, Marillo. Marillo's in Petaluma. What's up, Marilla? How you doing? Hey
0: guys. Man? My guys. I'm loving the conversation. Thank Everything
1: you. is swell on
0: this side. Nice. Happy holidays to you gotcha. and your family. Evan, Evan, you're doing a great job. I was really proud to see your, your uh, teacher calling in. That must feel good.
2: Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, Appreciate it. I know.
0: Uh, so here's the thing. Uh, I'm not, Steiny. tiny. I said this the last time I'm as far from fandom as possible. i I try to be conscious, but I love the Warriors and I love, I love this organization. Would I trade place with a Celtics fan right now? Are you kidding me? Steiny? can you imagine you doing Boston Celtics radio for the past 10 years? How many choke artists <laughs> you would have said, <laughs> Oh my God. They would have ran you, ran you out of that place, to be honest with you. I don't think, I know. I would not trade. They have won one title in 37 years, 36 years? No, I'm good. Um, I love what Ross said. Hey, you cannot eat the cherry and regret the flavor of ice cream you got. This is the cherry. Eat the cherry. I have faith in this team. I think we're going to figure some things out. I like Draymond being out because we're going to figure some things. He was having a great season besides his regressions with, you know, we don't need to talk about, but he was having a great basketball season. And I think, and I think we we have a chance. I I think things are, you know, a little combulated in the, in the conference. Now I like Minnesota, but health is well. And I look at the Celtics, they have an injury prone big guy. They have another big guy who is almost 40. Um, I don't know. I'm staying with the Warriors. Uh, thanks for taking my call, guys. Uh, have a good rest of your day.
1: Thanks, Morello. You're the best, and happy holidays to you and your family. One of our, uh, one of our, one of our greats, right there. Uh, but guys, yeah, this is what six five zero on the Comcast Business Hex Line. This is kind of what I mean. But guys, isn't the reverse true? If we do well without him, imagine trading him for a piece that helps out more. Yeah, that could make us contenders. Exactly. Like it's. Is he more attractive if you
2: rip off ten straight, or you lose ten straight? In a way, I think he's probably more attractive if you lose, because then it feels like there's a missing piece. Like, I,
1: you know what I think? What's it's going to happen? Is it's going to be? I think the word's nebulous. It's going to be inconclusive. It's going to be in a gray area. It's going to be. It's going to be how huh, well, they're a little better here and a little better there, but I don't know about that play. I don't think it's going to be something that's easily identifiable.
2: Marilla brought up something I thought was funny. Can I? I would have. I don't know. In a alternate universe, I would love for you to have been on the Celtics flagship last year after they went down three to nothing to the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference Finals and laid an egg in Game Three. They got beat by like twenty six and just did not show up at all. I would have loved to have you on the radio in Boston for that day, to just lambaste the entire organization. Uh, well,
1: let me uh, let me let me tell you a little bit about myself and and how lucky I am. Then I like to mess around with the best of them. But years. but this is this is the God's honest truth. By far, there's no other franchise that can even come close to the Golden State Warriors for me because I got it all. I got it all in my career. Every single aspect. I got 1994-95 when Chris Webber burst on the scene and the Golden State Warriors uh, looked like they had big boy action with Webber and Spree and then they went 12 straight years without making the playoffs. They were the most pathetic franchise in the NBA. They had four straight, I think they had four out of five years with 21 or fewer wins. Yeah. Okay. So I have that absolute positive abyss. <laughs> then you know what? I get we believe. I get we believe. Still to this day, one of the most incredible sporting experiences of my life. The last month of that season, the playoffs, Baron Davis, all that stuff. I mean, no I don't very few other franchises have even had something like that. Then I have that. And then we ebb a little. And then you're telling me I get four titles with a dynasty? I've seen it all. I have seen it all. I mean, it, like I would I would much rather have done that than hey Steiner, you got the you got the Carl Malone and John Stockton Utah Jazz for 21 years. You're gonna go to the postseason 20 times, but you're never gonna win it. And you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean that's a, and, and that's the other like and forget me. That's why if you're a fan of the Warriors and you've been around for all that. Rots is right. This is just all gravy right now.
2: Well, it's it's the it's the most unique dynasty I think because of what you just laid out. I mean, maybe the Spurs, I guess, but they they were an expansion team, right? So Which team? The the Spurs.
1: The Spurs were an ABA
2: team ABA that was team. uh
1: that came into the league with three other ABA teams in 75.
2: But but they're not one of the blue bloods, you know, uh, the Lakers, Celtics. No. Um so Yeah, I mean, like I think we're accustomed to dynasties being a name brand. And the Warriors have become a name brand because of what they've done. But I think, and also to bring it back to, to the game tonight in the Boston Celtics, I think one of the reasons why a lot of people look at the Celtics as being underachievers or, I don't know, wasting talent, whatever you want to say, is because they got 17. Like, their franchise has won 17 titles. Right. The Warriors had won once, or sorry, they had two, right? Because they like yeah. to say they got they got seven or six. Um, like the Warriors came out of nowhere, and so I, I think that's also a reason why it's so hard to let go of these guys, and why I personally sure. have a hard time doing it is because I, the only thing that I knew as a kid was the team. My favorite year, dude. That's why it was so cool to see Monte Ellis on the broadcast, you know, with Klena Azubuki. Sure. Like those were the teams that I grew up on. It was I wasn't worried about playoff appearances or winning championships. I thought it was the coolest thing when Monte Ellis scored 25 points a night. I remember in 2013, or maybe it was 2012, when Stephen Curry got his first MVP vote and it was like fifth place, Like, but he got a vote. I thought that was the greatest thing in the world. Like, It was all about regular season accolades. I didn't care about the postseason and now we're here where we're like, well, oh, do you give up on this? Do you give up on that? It's like, I'm sorry, man. I can't do it.
1: I tell you what, I got a five to give out on the uh, YouTube chat. Okay, to Vic, I went down the whole. You know, I I thank you all for bearing with me and listening to my career in ninety seconds. <laughs> I said I've done it all. I've done. I I, I wouldn't want to. Co-. Vic goes, yes, tiny, but have you covered an in-season tournament championship yet? <laughs> that is a five. I, that's a great one. That's a five in any league. That's funny. Uh, let's go to De- <laughs> Debbie in Palo Alto. What's you up? Got a chance uh, next year. What's up, uh, Debbie? How you doing? I'm
3: fine. I'm fine. Um, I want to speak up on behalf of Draymond. Um, people have long talked about his basketball IQ. Uh, what I see is a you know, just a fan is how he's kind of like a mother hen. He really. Pays such attention to where everybody is, and it, it's just amazing. But So I think that when people grab his shirt or his foot and restrain him, I think that is a huge factor in how he handles it. Okay? I think he just, he's got defense in his blood, and I think he has to get free to do his job. And which is inborn at this point. And um, I wish there was a way that the refs could factor those things in because the people who grab his clothes and and restrain him, uh, they get away free. Hmm. Okay? And I don't think it's all Draymond's fault. Or I do, let me say this I do believe that. If there was some punishment for the people who started do first blood, so to speak, with his clothes or whatever, it's of course, it's nothing like a punch, but if there was some way to um, get rid of the immunity for that, I, I think that would help Draymond. But okay.
1: If- hey, Debbie, I, got, I, I mean this sincerely. I got some bad news for you because I think players are going to try to do more and more of that now knowing what you just said, which is kind of true,
2: I would. I mean, seriously, like if you're you if you're an opponent of Draymond, I'd be tugging it, <laughs> tugging at his jersey every play. Yes, the like ref ain't going to do anything about that. If Draymond Green doesn't want to um, be involved with contact, he'd the one he probably should have played baseball. Now,
1: the one thing is though, now not not that he's not under scrutiny um, as is, but because he is under super duper scrutiny Mm -hmm. then the other guy who's ever he's into it with should also kind of be under super duper scrutiny too in other words there's there's a chance that somebody may do something to Draymond he could react they catch the second one well you better double back and revisit what happened first you know what I'm saying like that guy can't you know what I'm saying
2: I agree and people are going to try Draymond more than ever now but My issue is, and I think this is just the reality, like, who's going to get the benefit of the doubt? If you go back on the tape and you look at who talked to who or who pushed who and who did this, and then you get into the issue of intent, because of Draymond's priors, or however you want to label it, the referees are going to look at him and say, you are the one at fault. So, especially in the first, I don't know, five, ten games that he comes back whenever he does, like he's going to have... Sixteen different cameras from whether it's the television yeah. or the league office. Everything's going to be on him at all times. All right, let's go out to uh, let's have a little quick a uh, little quick quiz
1: for my two uh, my two partners. One, Evan, and the other, Lucan, John Lucan, who fancies himself. These are two college uh, they fancy themselves college sports guys. So we've got a call right now. Oh boy, from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Name the Division I university in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Division I? Correct. Is that Middle Tennessee State? That's correct. Middle Tennessee State University. Evan. He beat me to it. Open the book. Uh, John (laughs) John in Tennessee. What's up, John? How you doing, man?
2: John A. Johnny! Just like Middle Tennessee State. I set you up! Didn't show up.
1: You know, I saw one Stanford baseball game in my entire life at Sunken Diamond. They played Middle Tennessee State University. Mike Messina was pitching for uh, Stanford, believe it or not. And uh, there's some Middle Tennessee fans, and Messina was blowing them away, and the Stanford fans were saying stuff like, I bet you never seen anything that fast in Murfreesboro, huh? They were out in the West Coast. They were kind of making fun of the the perception of people from Tennessee. I didn't like that.
2: Was it Middle Tennessee State that upset? They were like a 15 seed, and they upset, I want to say it was like Cassius Winston in Michigan State a couple years ago. They had a big, big, it cost me actually a lot of money. Uh, They had a big upset in the NCAA tournament recently.
3: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
2: Instacart knows nothing gets between
1: you and the game. What's up, Filmo? Oh man, here. Yeah. What's up, Steiny? Hey, hey. What's up, Wick? Yo.
4: Hey man, you, you know, you know, Stein. The Warriors, man, you 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 tickled my uh my heart, man. My uh what uh say my cardio, my <laughs> cardiovascular muscle. Uh the Warrior man, the Warriors, man, it's it's a super unique organization and it's like and I totally agree with you. If you if you just say friends, you start watching the Warriors in 1990. Now, I ain't that old, but I started a couple of years. I started when Chris Webber kind of started. And if you just go through the as and flows, it's like it's almost like the Raiders. You know what I'm saying? It's like you 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 be so close. I remember years, bro. We was we would be in the game five minutes left. We would just lose the game. You know what I'm saying, and yeah. the see that we believe. You know what I'm saying, Steiner. You remember I, I, I bring this up sometimes. Don Nelson said we ain't gonna make the playoffs. We ain't going to make the playoffs. <laughs> it ain't went on like a 12, 13 game run. You didn't see Mookie Blaylock skip practice on the golf to go to the golf course. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you did Monte Ellis? Monte Ellis do the uh, do the tunnel shot before Curry. So man, I'm at the moped accident, cry, man. The Moped accident. the Moped. <laughs> Come on, man. So you didn't seen it all, Steiny. So that's why we respect your opinion. And push hey. you a real one. You a real one from uh from from, from, from Pennsylvania. I, I forgot where you're from, Reading PA. Hey. So that's Phil Mo, respect for, you, seriously,
1: man, I appreciate it. But but I guarantee this, forget me. But the more I think about it, if you have been a diehard Golden State Warrior fan for, let's say, twenty-five or more years, I guarantee you. You would not trade that fandom for any other team since then in any other sport. There it is. I totally agree with there you. There
4: it is. I totally agree. All
1: right, Philmo, have a great day, man. Happy holidays to you and yours. That's the way. You know what? I just cheered myself up. If you've been a Warrior fan for de- for three decades, there's no chance you would change or trade your fandom Over that period of time, for any other team, you've experienced everything. And you know what? That's what life's all about. The highs, the lows, and everything in between. We've got Warrior Celtics tonight. Don't forget, 7 o'clock tip at Chase. Evan has your pregame show at 6 from Ballast Point Brewing, just up the street from Chase Center on 16th Street. 7 o'clock tip, 6 o'clock, Evan. 888-957-9570 is the number. And you know what? What the hell? We should celebrate this fandom. Everything under the sun we've seen. Thank you all. From Chris Cohan to Steph Curry and everybody in between. It's time to be grateful on 95.7 The Game.
4: I like my Warriors.
1: put a cow in front of me and it's ready, I could milk it.
0: Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The
1: Game. Matt Simons and Evan Giddings with you. Coming up in a half hour, going to jump into some 49ers. They play the Baltimore Ravens Christmas Day, Christmas evening, 5 o'clock start. Uh, at 1 o'clock, we're going to be joined by Mike Yam, NFL Network and NFL Total Access host. Uh, I just We were talking Warriors, and we were in specific stuff with Draymond, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, I don't know how it came up, but started thinking about if you're a Warrior fan. And you've been a Warrior fan, let's say since 94, 95. Let's say that. Weber. Weber Weber-ish. It's my whole life. Weber-ish. If you've been a diehard Warrior fan since that time, I I argue that you wouldn't trade your fanship for any other team in any other city in any other sport. I, I would not have wanted to do what I've been doing for 30 years in any other city with any other team in any other sport, to see where they were, where they went, how far they fell, how far they rose, the greatness of Steph Curry, uh, an anomaly in and of itself. With we believe, yeah, I'm telling you, you, yeah, if you want to, you, you want to be a Patriots fan over the last ten years, sure, that's great or whatever, but. I think I, I think I'd rather if you're a fan I'd rather experience it all than eh, just hey, I'm looking at the Sixers looking at the Sixers and I'm like okay well the last 30 years the Sixers one finals right Iverson yep a one <laughs> Playoff appearances scattered around yeah a run here I don't he wants that. It's crap. Give me the highs.
2: Give me the lows, and everything in the middle. I was gonna say, well, you want the highs and you want the lows, so you can appreciate both. The one place you don't want to be is in purgatory, which no, is not which is uh, unfortunately where the warriors at twelve and fourteen appear uh, to be closer towards than than either or. But yeah, back to reality. Well, no, but it's like it makes you. I don't know. I just find myself constantly reflecting on what you're talking about. Now, I don't have as much of the the historic knowledge and especially like the the intimate experiences you do from covering the team because, like, you so you literally day day in and day out had to be practice games, shoot around this for four teams that didn't win 21 games.
1: That's correct. Like,
2: I've yeah. co- I've covered some bad, uh, you know, minor league baseball teams. Or some been on some bad college teams, been on some good ones too, been on some bad like but never for that long of a stretch of where you're walking in every day and it's like all right what's the story today let's see who's on the other team um uh 1997 98 the warriors went
1: 19 and 63 uh the following year they went 21 and 29 thank god it was a it was a lockout that's season that's right but nevertheless 21 or fewer wins. Uh, 1998, 99. I'm sorry, 1999, 2000, 19 and 63. 2000, 2001, 17 and 65. 2001, 2002, 21 and 61. They had four out of five years where, in an 82 game schedule, they lost. Twenty, they won twenty-one or fewer games. Four out of five years. <laughs> I mean, and let me say this. Let me say this real quick, because we kill those teams, and those uh, they had bad, they had bad ownership. They those years that the team didn't win, it didn't mean they didn't have some great people in the organization. They had great people in the organization. They just had terrible. Uh, terrible management. Well, it, a lot of the people I have relationships with to this day.
2: You think it's harder to, to lose 60 or more games a year or win 60 or more games a year? Boy! <laughs> like for f- I mean, like four consecutive se- like well, you, know you, you have to make a lot of wrong choices to keep yourself there. You it's it's kind of what makes like the Detroit Lions so perplexing because year in and year out, I mean, they're they're good now, but I think everyone has their eyes on them because they've been so bad for so long. Like you have to be you have to be dysfunctional to be that bad for that long. And also, to the warrior's credit now, you have to be you have to make a lot of correct decisions. And I think we're seeing that now. Not that they haven't made like they haven't made all wrong choices, but there's been a few impactful decisions that they've made in the last two or three years that have them in the place they are now. So that goes to show the amount of correct decisions that they made for probably, I don't know, six to eight years? That's a long time.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, NBA doesn't start until the NFL finishes. I'd take the Bulls' run with MJ over the Dubs. Well, but you have to... Well, then you get everything... So you could start... i give you... You can start in 92, or whatever. Well, yeah, 92, but... The last 20 years... All you got's memories at that point.
2: But you like you brought something up. I don't know if I'm allowed to share this at the cafeteria. I thought it was really interesting, though. Like the reason why the Bulls are in a place where they are is because of that unmitigated amount of success that they had in the nineties. Like it's gotta be hard to walk into whatever arena the Bulls play in now and think this is Jordan's house or the United States. Like this is Jordan's house. Anytime there's a player that's drafted to the Bulls or signs with the Bulls, everything that they do will be compared to what Michael Jordan and those Bulls teams did. And that's an unfair expectation because Michael Jordan might be the greatest player of all time. Stephen Curry is without a doubt the greatest player in Warriors history. He might be the greatest point guard ever. Everything that anyone does is automatically compared to him. And so... I don't know if that's going to be the same case, because I think there's a lot of other factors that play into the Bulls and them not being as successful, but it's like, since 98, Derrick Rose and... Yeah, that's it. That's it?
1: Well, that's... And that's the one thing, over the years, uh, it's come up, and Guru vehemently disagrees with me. No surprise there. But I... That's why you guys are the best. I do believe that... Everything changes when 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 Steph leaves. Like I, I think it's again. It, why why, have, why has why has no free agent ever gone to Chicago? One of the reasons is because they drafted a guy in Chicago who won six titles. And why would you want to be kind of an outsider? Go to a place where you ain't never going to be Jordan and try to win a title and have that pressure on you. So when I look at the Warriors, I I do have to see what happens because I don't know. I do think there will be cha- a challenge for the Warriors to acquire a big name free agent for Max type money after Steph retires for the at least for you know five, ten years. You know what I mean? Like you know, in five years, let's say Luca's 30 and he wants out of Dallas, Steph's been retired for two a year. You really think Luca would come to the Warriors with no Steph
2: and that and that shadow over him. Not necessarily, but I also think we kind of overstate how important the big name free agent is. Like outside of LeBron, James, who by the way, chose where he was going. It wasn't like another team quartered him and said, "Hey, LeBron, we're gonna pay you this." and like LeBron chose every free agent destination that he went to. Outside of him, which other one can you really look at and say that's the reason why a franchise was turned around and became a championship team? I mean, every single organization in my lifetime that has won titles has been built from within. Now, they've gotten some luck, and some guys have turned into miraculous players, and I don't know if anyone expected Stephen Curry, the seventh overall pick, to be one of the greatest players of all time. Like, those things happen. But free agents, I I, I guess I'm not as worried about the Warriors not being able to court a free agent as I am. Well, you're going to have to hit... On the amount of picks that you did, you're gonna have to hit on me on trades you did. Like the only reason you have a dynasty is because you drafted Curry, you got Clay at 11, right? You drafted Draymond Green in the second round. You traded for Andre Iguodala at a time where you know he was available. Like they made a successive amount of amazing moves, coinciding with elevating a great front office, coinciding with Joe Lacob taking over the team and providing. Leadership, where it was largely absent, like they made a lot, a lot of institutional choices that were successful, and so that's maybe why I have a little more faith in that being able to to turn around or remain, because I think there's still enough of the backbone there. But you're gonna have to draft well, you're gonna have to make proper trades. Like I don't think it's just upon the Warriors being able to court. No, absolutely I don't know the next not. free agent. Like, oh, oh, you're absolutely right. And I, oh, Sha- nine, not, Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah,
1: nine two five from the Comcast Business text Line. Uh, I love this question. So then Steiny, well, he doesn't say Steiny. Uh, why then is everybody uh, still signing with the Lakers throughout history? Given all the successive championships on a championship or bus franchise, every that's worth looking at. There have been five dynasties in the NBA. Since it's history, right? You had the Celtics in the '60s. Yeah. Okay. So the Celtics rip off eleven in thirteen years. Then in the '70s they win two. In the '80s they win three. How many have they won since then? Just just the one. But my point is, yeah. is that they've had a, they've had multiple generations of superstars that have led them to the title. So that's why they are now a storied franchise that a great player may go to because he'll be married, he'll be measured against several of the, or many of the greatest of all time. You have the uh, L.A. Lakers with Magic. Mm -hmm. Okay, but you had Jerry West before them. You had Magic, Worthy, Then you had uh, Kobe and Shaq after. So now there's multi-generation, and now LeBron, multi-generation superstars have gone to L.A. Why? Because they've won consistently over the course of 40 or 50 years. You have the Spurs. Okay, the Spurs did whatever it was 6 in 15 5 in 16 years. They kind of caught lightning in a bottle through the draft with the Kawhi with with David Robinson to Duncan to Kawhi. Boom, they have to Wemby. They have a well, well. But a, but after yeah, yeah. but they haven't signed any free agents. Nobody's going to San Antonio to sign and then you got the Bulls. The Bulls, Michael Jordan, one dynasty over an eight-year period. And that's it. That's it. There's only Jordan to follow. There's a ton of greats to follow. That's why the Warriors, to me, are more in the Bulls, Spurs, than Lakers, Celtics, in terms of what could happen down the line with
2: with free agency in the wake of Curry leaving. Sure, but I, I think honestly, the Lakers and I. Oh, I hate to be this guy. I think the Lakers are kind of in a class of their own, though. If you're talking about destinations, I think people know Boston for being a successful and well-run NBA organization. But okay, so Bird's a draft pick. The, the, the Russell era is different. You you kind of sure. throw that out pre-free agency. Okay, Bird's a free agent. Uh, sorry, Bird's a drafty. McHale's drafty. Parrish well, yeah. is a trade. DJ, was DJ a, a trade? F- trade. Uh, then you go to the Lakers. That's, I think, different because players have always wanted to come to Los Angeles. Boston, 2008, Paul Pierce, draft pick. Yeah. Kevin Garnett, trade. Right. Ray Allen, trade. Um, Jason Tatum, draft pick. Jalen Brown, draft pick. Drew Holiday now, trade. Like, it's not as if they have been a place that someone looks at and says, you know what? I want to go for the max and I want to go there. Even Kyrie Irving trade. Like so I think the Lakers are kind of on their own island and the rest of the league is just it's it's really about how functional of a franchise you are.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh I wouldn't argue with that too strongly. Austin strongly at all. Uh Austin's in San Jose. What's the pushback on Steiny's comments?
4: A little bit. You guys, you kind of stole a little by Sunday when you read about the Lakers. I was going to challenge you and say the Lakers were the one that kind of went in, in defiance of what you said Stiney. Um team able to be able to keep rolling and uh, people free agents going there. But the one thing I was going to jump to, to listen to your talk, was that uh, you know Steph, the, the singular imprint of one player is where I think the Warriors and the Bulls are the same. Um, I think the Warriors have a delicate balance to, to do to turn the fork, to keep going. And can they can they get people to come here without having the imprint of Steph be too big? I think that's the that's going to be a yeah. tricky maneuver for the team going forward to stay good. If that makes sense, definitely, I
1: I absolutely, awesome. I I completely agree. Yeah, completely agree. And it was said, I like the way it was said, Austin, because you're just saying you're not saying it can't be done. You know, I mean, it's like this is where. Curry's Jordan, people. Yeah. Steph Curry's Michael Jordan in this regard. He is going to have a lasting imprint on this franchise that every player who comes down the pike after him is going to feel. Or that that presence will be there.
2: And he's got a lasting imprint on the league, on the NBA, the way the game is played. I mean... So you're not just compared to a guy that is the one of one for your franchise but he's one of one forever. Like and that's where I think he is Jordan. You know, it's like Jordan changed is. the landscape of, of of athletes off the court of being able to become a billionaire of introducing You know, sneakers and the Jordan brand and elevating Nike, like, making basketball a global sport. Stephen Curry has done different things, and maybe not to to that extent on an international level, but he's changed the way that people look at how positions are valid. Can Can you shoot? Can you hit threes? Can you space the floor? Can you do all these things that now were... Not really in question or not really relevant. Even like you brought this up yesterday when Monte was saying that they were too small to play together, he was right. Now, because of Stephen Curry, I don't know if he'd be right. They might be able to play together. But like ten, fifteen years ago, backcourts below six foot three to get you couldn't have that. And so you're not just being compared to a guy that is the face of the Golden State Warriors. You're being compared to a guy that's been the face of basketball.
1: Exactly, exactly. Uh, Richie, Richie's in New Jersey. What's going on, Richie? How you doing, man? We'll talk a little Draymond. Hey, it's Richie from Queens, New York. How yeah. are you? Hey, buddy. Oh, uh, from Queens. How you doing, Richie? Sorry about the Jets. I'm good. I'm just you know
5: I tried to call last night. <clears throat> Real quick, off the subject for a second. As I was looking, listening to Willard and uh, Div last night, you guys are in a great situation. I mean, I'm in New York suffering with the two worst teams in football right now. It's been 53 years since my Knicks won, so now you're leaving a dynasty that you talked about in your basketball. Because I really think they've taken a step backwards. As much as I love Curry and Green, hopefully he gets the, the, the you know the help that he needs. But Thompson and and Wiggins and you do have names, but I think that, uh, just a little step too slow. And like my Knicks, between, with the, with the Bucks and the Celtics, they're going to come up short again. I'm not too sold on Orlando and, and the Timberwolves. So yeah, could they make a run and, and surprise people? Yeah. But, but, but last night was said, and, and and, and had said that he felt that the, uh, the 49ers were, I, I picked to go to the Super Bowl with the Ravens. Um, felt that they going to have a six- or eight-year run. I tried to get on last night because it's really difficult to say that uh, with, with all free agency age injuries or whatever. But right now you're in a good spot, so I think yeah, obviously your basketball team has taken a little step back, but what a run they've had. And now you've got a, a, a football team that probably will really be good for the next three or four years, and Purdy, without a doubt, is the MVP as much as I love McCaffrey.
1: Richie, I'm going to tell Dan Dibley, uh, about that, because I'd, g- I'd give the 49ers the the uh, to me their windows clearly open as long as Brock Purdy's on this deal. But after that, I got to take a, a closer look. I'm sure you're the same way.
5: Yeah, I, I feel that because I just think with the free agent, it's tough to go six eight years out. I think no if you deal with reality. You got to go. You got a solid team. So, and as far as the NBA, I think it's great what's going on. I think I like to see new teams up there. But the Doncic in the world I think are still dominant and I, and I also think the Bucks, and I think that I think that uh, the guard that they got from Portland um, really adds to Milwaukee and he's on a mission to win a championship so thanks, I r- think the Knicks and and uh, and your team is a little bit behind
1: always yeah thanks Richie appreciate the call as always my man 707 Curry is not Jordan Steiny. MJ's brand is iconic Curry's is unrecognizable Oh my God is this <laughs> what? this must Tell be how to De'Aaron Fox this must be how unbearable I sound at my worst
2: <laughs>
1: okay just say point taken 707 that's yeah. all, all you need to say
2: to, to bring it to the 49ers though to Richie's point I actually and, and maybe I'm a little too trusting but I think as long as the 49ers have competent ownership, a front office and head coach, I do think their window's open. I mean, we didn't think the window was open when Brock Purdy wasn't or we thought it was open I, when Brock Purdy wasn't on the team.
1: I think the more interesting question is what's the longest that a window can be open? <laughs> like I'm kinda with Richie there. Six years. I mean, that's that's way too long.
2: I'll give you Spurs. Per- Spurs was open for sixteen.
1: What do you mean? I'm saying the... Well, the but, chip- this is, but this is football. Oh, for football. That, I, yeah, this is... I, it's specific, too, to, the, well, to football. I mean, Patriots' window is open for... You're talking
2: about 15, this, 16 years. The anomaly. It I, it I was still open. Well, I would just say... Well, you're assuming, right... 49ers' window is open in the it's 80s open, and it's, 90s. Like, for right when they had Bill Walsh.
1: Right, but there's no salary cap back then, either. True. I, I mean, well, why I'm saying six to eight years for the... Be- the to me, the Purdy contract situation is extremely advantageous, unbelievably so. So I will absolutely give them this year, next year, and the year after. I think like the window's open, but I can't say it's going to be open even if Purdy's great after that, but they pay him $50 million and they lose
2: Two weapons and Trent Williams is gone. Who knows? But the window's been open since 2019. (laughs) That's kind of my point. Yeah, I... Now, they haven't been as much, or like a a heavy favorite. I think even in 2019, I don't know how... If there was like everyone on board with them just running the table, they could have been, I don't know. But you made a Super Bowl in 2019. That, to me, is the start of the window because clearly you were a Super Bowl contender. So right now, you're at year four, five already, and you got a couple more with Brock Purdy, as long as Kyle Shanahan is here, as long as John Lynch is here... But did we think they had a six, eight-year
1: window the first at when they made their first Super Bowl run? It was Garoppolo, what, 2019?
2: Well, I think if there's a reason why people reneged on it, it was because of Jimmy G, but I think people expected them to be back in 2020, except their quarterback got hurt. Nick Bosa got hurt; like they just were riddled by injury. So, I think the window's been open for a while. Uh, Can ask Mike Yam about it. It's a good point. Mike Yam uh,
1: of the NFL Network is going to join us on the other side. He's a host, uh, NFL Total Access, and he's also a host for Sirius XM. Mike Yam. That's yeah, a fun jumping-off point. Absolutely, on the other side. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the Golden State Warriors, they play the Boston Celtics tonight. And be sure to stop by Ballast Brewing Company, just up the street from Chase Center on 16th before the game. Warriors Live starts at 6 o'clock with our very own Evan Giddings. Say hi to him Again, Ballast Point Brewing Company before the Warriors take on the Boston Celtics. Tip-off at 7, all of it's right here on 95.7 The Game.